This resurrection appearance doesn't appear in our cycles of reading uh, this year, so, but it's possibly one of my favourite resurrection um, appearances um, because it happens in such very ordinary circumstances. It begins with a very ordinary journey, a Monday morning sort of journey, an everyday sort of despair is filling the air. A day filled with drudgery and of getting on with life, even though things are not so good, and life has recently been filled with real disappointments. It's about bumping into a stranger on the way, about sitting down at a table, about sharing a meal. It's about our commonplace lives as we go through the motions of our day, vaguely wondering where God is in all of this. Wondering, does my life matter anymore? Will things get better? What's it all about anyway? And the gospel story that we hear today describes the situation, this situation, for it describes an Easter Sunday walk into despair, which ends up against all expectation with the discovery of faith and hope and love. And though for many people, as myself, it is the most moving and vivid of all the resurrection stories, there is no wonder, no magic here, no angels, no shining garments, empty tombs or miraculous appearances. There are no messengers from heaven to say that the Lord is risen. And there are no heroes, not even an apostle. Apostle, sorry. The two characters in this story are a couple of unknown down-in-the-mouth followers of Jesus, trudging along a dusty road. Their conversation is full of despair and discouragement, small talk, disappointment. Life is a burden and hasn't lived up to its promises. This is a story about loss of direction and doubt, turned to strong and joyful faith, but it is not done by spectacular demonstration. Immediately, we know that the disciples are not just on the road to Emmaus, but they are on a road of life and have experienced one more hurt, one more letdown. They are on a journey away from the holy city, the place of revelation, and the scene of the events of Good Friday and Easter. They have turned their back on significant places. They have given up trying to find meaning in what has happened. Perhaps they are on their way back to a life in which there was no great hope but in which at least there would be no terrible disappointments. Like us, they are travellers and sure of their bearings, and night is drawing on. When they meet the stranger, he asks them about their conversation, and they recite their woes. Perhaps they felt slightly irritated by him. Where had this stranger been that he hadn't heard the things about Jesus of Nazareth? There had been great expectations that he would make a difference to the social and political life of the times. 
He had a great vision that they had shared, good news for the poor, liberation for prisoners, healing for the sick and broken-hearted. He had inspired people and filled them with enthusiasm and high expectations. Things could be better, life could be different. But a cruel death by crucifixion had been the end of the dream. What a terrible waste of a good life. In the end, it seemed that Jesus lacked the power to make goodness effective. Their conversation is our conversation, the everyday stuff of our lives. How bad things are in Sri Lanka, in Yemen, how best to help refugees and migrant people, how to solve the problem of a harsh dictatorship in Venezuela, how to support the health service, how to help those in our own community who are suffering because of broken relationships, bereavement, rejection, discrimination. Or maybe more mundane things about how to go on coping with work and home and family and children and all the pressures of modern day life. The true travellers add to their story, we were hoping, they say. Hoping for what? For redemption, for salvation, for the answers to their questions, the same things that we all hope for as we move through life. Where is God? Does my life count? How can I possibly make a difference? Why should I have this sickness or betrayal or accident or death of someone I love? Why don't I have some sign that God is near? Travellers on the Emmaus Road said much the same. If only we could believe these women who said they had seen him, those who said they had felt near him. If only we could believe, then we could recapture our hope, our sense of mission, our assurance and our joy. And so the Emmaus story picks up on the lives of every man, woman and child. We are all on the road of life some just beginning their journey, some in the middle, and others near the end. Sometimes life seems very good, but in this human life we cannot avoid pain, hurt, or suffering. This is part of the human condition, and like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we are hoping for a God of justice and compassion to make sense of it all. The stranger on the road says to the two travellers, Don't you see? Don't you understand? Don't you understand your scriptures and the promises of the prophets? And this is the turning point in the whole story, for Jesus leads them through what is already familiar to them in the Jewish scriptures to help them understand how his life and death and suffering really do make sense. This, if only if they could see it properly, this was the, the fulfilment that they and all God's people had been waiting for. In this story, Jesus is the teacher par excellence. He educates the disciples by encountering them and by entering into dialogue with them. He listens to their story 
and then he links to a wider story of God's dealings with his people. He doesn't tell them what to see, but continues to wait for them to come to their own knowing. He spends more time in their company, gently leading them until they come to see for themselves. Perhaps this story is a fitting memory for us as we seek to bear witness to the risen Jesus in our midst. And if their eyes are blinded, yet his words and actions reach their hearts. Because when they arrive at the house where they are to spend the night, they want him to stay. Stay with us because it is nearly evening. They sit down to a meal and Jesus does what he has done with them many times before. He breaks the bread and blesses it and shares it with them. Suddenly, within this conversation with a stranger, comes God. The stranger with holes in his hands who shares food, shares himself. The disciples are overcome with excitement and joy. They are full of faith. New life and hope and meaning come flooding in on their despondency. Their hearts burn within them. They know where they are and where they ought to be, and they hurry back to Jerusalem to meet with the rest of the disciples and to spread the news that the Lord has risen. And I think this perhaps is the point of the story. God is here. God penetrates our everyday lives, but we don't always recognise it or know it. Just as the friends going towards Emmaus finally recognised Jesus, not in some miraculous revelation, but in the simple breaking of bread, they remind us that God is there in our lives too, although we don't see it much of the time. There is a poem by Emily Dickinson which celebrates the abiding presence of the risen Saviour. She writes, The blunder is to estimate, eternity is then. We say as of a station. Meanwhile he is so near, he joins me in my ramble, divides abode with me. No friend have I that so persists as this eternity. The Lord who comes to those bewildered disciples on their journey away from hope comes in the same way now to all of us as we make our journeys through life. Like the men on the road to Emmaus, often we don't recognise him. But now as then we can share together in the life of his body, in the breaking of bread. Week by week he invites us to take a walk into meaning to hear again his words, to walk with him on the way. There, however uncertain we are, however weak our faith or faltering our hope, we find food for the journey and companionship along the way. Our hearts can respond to his words, to the promises of the kingdom, which he will bring and which we can work for. The Lord is near, he is in the midst of us. He is known to us in the breaking of the bread. And I'd like, if I may, just to finish with a short story that illustrates a little bit what I've been trying to say. 
William Bolsh writes a lot of um, stories that he thinks, or records a lot of stories, that he thinks um, will be very, very, very relevant to preachers, and sometimes you find in there quite a gem. And this is a story about a man who was asked to address a conference when he was journeying home on the plane. And he sat next to an older man who had been at the conference and who thanked him for his words. But then the man told the speaker a story about his son, who in his 30s, 30s had been so badly injured in a car crash that he had been left in a permanent comatose state. The man startled the speaker when he said, We stopped loving our son, you know. We visited him every week because it was our duty as parents, but we stopped loving him. Love is a relationship of giving and receiving. Our son could not receive, he could not give. We went to see him, but we stopped loving him. Until one day, when we went to visit him, we were surprised that he already had a visitor in his room. We were not aware that anybody else went to see him, but it turned out that this man was a minister from the local parish who routinely visited patients in the nursing home. As we waited to go and see our son in the hall, we saw this visitor talking to our son as though they were engaged in conversation. I thought to myself, as if our son could appreciate a conversation. Then the man took out a Bible and read my son a psalm, as if my son could appreciate a psalm. Then he prayed a prayer, as if my son could appreciate a prayer. And then he gave him bread and wine, as if my son could appreciate communion. And then it dawned on me, said the man, that he saw my son not just through clinical eyes, but through the eyes of faith. He treated my son as a child of God. This was a moment of grace for the man with the son, an Easter scene. The minister was the stranger on the road, revealing the presence of God. The presence of a God who loves us beyond measure, is in our lives and cares about us. In the simple breaking of bread, in the care of a comatose son, in all the routine comings and goings of our life along our own road to Emmaus. The stranger who is no stranger is there waiting to make our hearts burn within us. So let's just finish with a prayer. Stay with us, Lord, on our journey through life. Be our companion on the road. Kindle our hearts and stir up our hope so that in the scriptures and in the breaking of bread we may learn to know you, the Redeemer of Israel, the Redeemer of the world. Amen.